Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. B. Mitch and Finley, both on various vacations somewhere where it's supposed to be warm, but I was informed by landfill at the beginning of the show that the weather is bad in Florida for both of them. Apparently they're separate. They're not actually vacationing together. Uh, but I do, I do sometimes find it uh, a little bit... Uh, I guess it, it makes you feel better when someone else is on a vacation in a warm place, but yet oh, the weather's not good. No. I'm gonna be—I'm a little bit of no, that guy sometimes. Don't. <laughs> no, don't be that guy. Just a Come little. Come on, bit. Nick. Keep I'm jealous. Keep your karma shiny. I'm Keep jealous. Your you can't do that, man. I know. You I know. can't root against other people. I'm not weather, rooting against. But... I'm just smiling a little bit, but only for a little bit, and then they have good weather after that. That's all. I'm not rooting against. I'm just smiling a little bit. This is this is doing a tiny little happy dance. That your vacation is not as good as it could. <laughs> <laughs> He's Steve Zavin. I'm Nick Ashew. We're oh, in for Beamish and Finley. Uh, so ESPN Classic is going to go dark. I, you know, it's it's sad in yeah. some ways because I forgot that it was did, did still exist. I haven't watched it in forever, but I did love that network back in the day, man. There was so much cool stuff on there. I have a trifecta of sads. Is it going to be better than your trifecta of animal stories that involve penises? Better than the trifecta of penis stories and animal (laughs) stories. Um, I'm sad that baseball is apparently broken, and now they may break it even further with a work stoppage this winter. The see the rating for the World Series is bad. It was just better than 2020, and that's it. Right. Like That's it was going to be the Otherwise, worst ever it without was that. Worst ever. And last year, a pandemic completely ruined season, basically. It just, you can't even judge last year, throw last year out. I think it drew like a 6.5 rating, which is so far down. Wikipedia has an entry which shows World Series ratings, and it's just a graph where the line just goes down yeah. from left to right. And. You know, in part because the games are too damn long and there's not enough balls in play and there's just a lot of st- that needs to be fixed with baseball. It's a shame. I want baseball to be where it used to be 20, 30 years ago on the sporting landscape. And certainly they do not have the commissioner to fix it. This guy, Manfred, is a complete tool. Nobody respects him. Nobody thinks he's got any good ideas. And nobody thinks he's got any juice or diplomacy to get the owners to figure out, okay, here's what we need to do. So that's sad. I was in a mall the other day, Nick. A mall? It's sad. Wow. Yes. It's sad. I wanted to get a little pre-holiday consumerist fa-la-la-la-la. And granted, it was a Wednesday, and who the hell's in a mall on a Wednesday in early November? I get it, but still, there were stores at the Dulles Town Center Mall in there that I'm like, how did your Bama ass afford rent on a prime piece of retail real estate? And the answer is, because these malls will take anybody these days as a tenant. 
So that's number two. I'm sad that malls are dying. And I'm sad that ESPN Classic is going away. Now, you made the correct statement. I haven't watched it in forever. I'll admit, I too have not really sat down to watch bad 480p square (laughs) television footage from the 80s in a long time. But but ESPN Classic is a thing I don't want to go away, Nick. I never want it to go away. Why does it have to go away? Well, you know what ESPN Classic is now. It's YouTube. You just go on YouTube and search whatever game and whatever thing you want. YouTube has killed ESPN Classic because now you have every game, every clip, every moment that you could ask for all on demand on YouTube. I know. Um, ESPN, this according to The Hollywood Reporter, the latest shutdown is ESPN Classic, which launched as an independent channel called Classic Sports Network in 1995. I remember that. And that ESPN acquired it two years later. ESPN spokesperson confirmed the move to The Hollywood Reporter Thursday morning. ESPN Classic re-aired classic sporting events alongside documentaries and other fare dedicated to sports history. It also served as a spillover channel in the event that ESPN needed another channel to run live sporting events that it didn't have room for on its other channels. Uh, We're running long. You can go uh, catch the end of this game at ESPN Classic. Wait, quick, where's that game? Where's that channel? In recent years, though, as the library of classic content dwindled, and as documentaries shifted to ESPN Plus streaming, ESPN Classic status as a linear channel came into question. A number of paid TV providers dropped it as a result, either altogether or moving it to video on demand. ESPN has not disclosed the number of paid TV subscribers with access to ESPN Classic since 2015 when it said it was down to just 25 million subscribers. For comparison, ESPN one or ESPN's main channel has 84 million subscribers as of recently. So, question. This will be on the phone lines. What did you love the most about ESPN Classic or Classic Sports Network back in the day? What was the best thing about it? Because we're talking 95, mm-hmm. and then ESPN bought it in 97. YouTube, Nick, became a thing in 2004? I'd have to look that up. I think it was but around I think before it that, was wasn't until it? about then. When did YouTube come into existence? I don't know. Because you you're correct in this? saying that YouTube is the new ESPN Classic. But on YouTube, you still have to go hunt for things. And some people like that. ESPN Classic was a passive thing. You're born. Oh, you're like Valentine's okay. Day, February fourteenth, two thousand five, is when it was founded. So there you go. And it didn't really get. YouTube didn't become big until another year or two after that. Mm-hmm. Like at first, it was really just people's cat videos and whatnot. So there's this golden eight year period where the only place to see old sports stuff is on ESPN Classic. So what was your favorite thing to watch? Let's uh, let's go open the phone lines to that, take a few calls. 800-636-1067 if you want to give us your favorite thing. As we, I guess this is almost like, is this a memorial for ESPN Classic? Is that what it would be for you, Zabe? I feel like it is. It's, 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 it's kind oh, of a oh, memorial. Oh, no, we're definitely, point. we're pouring one out early for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we come here, say a few words. 
I can remember ESPN beloved Classic. ESPN Classic. It was full of classic Going things. away. ESPN Classic has been moved to hospice care <laughs> so that they can have it can have a peaceful and comfortable final two months. <laughs> I don't want to see it go. I can remember the days, Zabe, when I would watch Stump the Schwab. All the old... Okay. There was another great one in which, on ESPN Classic, it was... It was a show called You Can't Blame, and it was with the Sklar brothers. I remember those guys. Aren't they, they're like comedians or something, right? The they, twins? They, they were, yes. Or they, they still were are. comedians. Around, yeah. yeah, they still are, but they, they would host You Can't Blame, and they would take certain sporting events, and they would sort of make excuses for the team that blew it. That lost in some horrific way. And they would actually go through point by point and go, hey, don't forget, so-and-so was hurt. Hey, don't forget, they got a bad call here. You Can't Blame was a show. They would also do, the Sklar Brothers would do like a Mystery Science 3000 type show where they would just watch some of the dankest stuff from the depths of the ESPN archives and make cracks about it while it's playing. I once watched a Steve Garvey-led celebrity fishing expedition off the coast of Hawaii with the Sklar Brothers. And I forget what they called that show, (laughs) but it was absolutely hilarious. Cheap Seats, thank you. Thank you, Landfill. Yeah, Cheap Seats was the other one that they did. That was an ESPN Classic staple. But the other thing about ESPN Classic that was great is just you're watching these old games and you're quickly noticing a lot of things about what used to be the way sports were back in the day. Baseball games moved a hell of a lot faster. It was pitch, catch, throw it back. Pitch, catch, throw it back. Don't get out of the box. Don't adjust your elbow pads. Let's keep her moving here. In in the NBA, you'd see the score on the screen once every five trips down the court. You'd have to go, wait, are the Celtics leading? Oh, yeah, they are. Okay, by two. Hold on. Let me get a pen and paper. I need to keep track of this. Well, they did that to keep All people from not turning stuff. away if it was a blowout. That's the best part is it's like, don't show them the score in case it's a blowout. We'll keep them here longer. Right. Now, it wouldn't matter because it would take you two seconds to, to just go on one of the millions of apps you have yeah. and figure out what the score is and see if it's worth watching or not. Yeah. Also, what was great on ESPN Classic, occasionally you would get the Alcoa Presents Fantastic Finishes featurette, which was shown during commercial timeouts during football games, sponsored by the great aluminum maker Alcoa, and they would show a great ending to a game, and then they would wrap a highlight in there. It was a commercial thing which had some content value to it. The sister or brother to that featurette was IBM's You Make the Call where they would show a play in the NFL and say, what should the call be? We'll tell you after this commercial for IBM. All it, ESPN classics. Uh, it, there, there was so much. I wonder if there's stuff, too, that you could take from that and then repurpose it for, like, one of these digital platforms. Because the whole you-can't-blame idea is actually really funny. That could still have a purpose today if you've got the right sure. people doing it. Hell, we could do that every single week for our football team here. Come up with excuses for it. I think there's, there's a whole bunch you of ways. Blame. Here's your IBM Presents. IBM Presents. You make the call. Hugh Green of Tampa Bay heads for the corner and crosses the goal line with his feet inside the pylon while holding the ball above the pylon. Now you make the call. Is this a touchdown? Nick, 
Is it? Yes, we're going to say yes. I didn't see anything, but we're going to say yes. By the way, the IBM PC Junior, this is 1984. <laughs> They're showing all these stacks of floppy disks. Oh, it's a gosh. terrible monitor. I think that computer cost $2,000 in 1984, which was the price of a new Buick. PC Junior from IBM. It sucked as a computer, too. I, I will say this. Uh, all right, watch here it. we go. Here. Oh, yeah, one here. more? All right. The pylon is considered out of bounds, and if the ball does not break the plane of the goal line inside the pylon, it is not a touchdown. There you go. Not a touchdown. All right, 800-636-1067 is the number. Your favorites as we pour one out for the impending final exit of ESPN Classic. Kevin in Centerville. What's up? You're on the fan. Hey, guys. Um Hey, hey, how's it going? Um, hey, definitely, hey. definitely the, ho- the the home run derby. I was introduced to the home run derby on ESPN <laughs> Classic with you know Mantle versus Mays and and that the umpire that goes play ball and uh, I, I love that. And then you were talking, Steve, about the um, the um, the old footage of like games and things. I remember watching one with like Dan Marino when he was at Pittsburgh, and they were playing like. For some reason, Pac-Man was really big at the time, and they had Pac-Man okay. graphics of him, like you know, eating like pellets. Basically, like when he was throwing the ball, they were like Pac-Man was going by. I was like, "What the hell is that?" You know. So He's anyway, gobbling was, up it, it, yards, just right, exactly. Dan Marino. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, it was, it was. Here. I don't know. Anyway, here's so your it, home it was, run. It was, here's it was, your home run derby, by the way. Mickey Mantle versus yeah. Willie. My real long home runs have been from the right hand side of the plate. Well, that settles that. Willie, come on in. Yeah, Willie, come, come on in. Uh, you think you're a better slugger than old Mickey Mantle, huh? Uh, will it make any difference whether the pitcher is right-handed or left-handed? <laughs> well, you're going to have a chance to prove it right here in Home Run Derby. <laughs> all right, thanks for the call. Have a good one there. By the way, why did everybody back then all talk the same? Why is it everyone sounded like this through so long when they were announcers or some kind of sports person? Everybody sounded exactly the same. It's called the transatlantic accent. Is it and really? I don't have time to get into it here. Yeah, okay. we've been through this before. Huh. Uh, that it, it was a, it was sort of a combination of like British aristocracy and Midwestern kind of uh, dialect. It's I learn something new every time I'm working with you or talking. Well, about there you go. You look learn at that. New. Let's go to John. Not much, and, oh. but something. Hey, look, the transatlantic <laughs> accent. I've learned what that is. I'm now going to go on YouTube, the new ESPN Classic, after the show, and I'm going to learn about the transatlantic up. accent. John in yes. Jacksonville, you're on the fan. What's up? Good afternoon, guys. Uh, one of my favorites was Up Close with Roy Firestone. Yes. And but but one in particular, he was interviewing Lyle Alzado, and Lyle Alzado went off on quarterback. So the quarterbacks goes if they don't if they want to play quarterback, they can't wear a dress. And he got really heated, and then he kind of cuts himself off, and he says, "Roy, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." He goes, "I like your purple tie; it has a calming effect on me." <laughs> so, anyway, just wanted to share. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, very good. All right, because I feel like I've got to pay this off, i got 30 seconds for you to learn the transatlantic accent. This right. is from YouTube. Okay. Essentially, the way the Queen and aristocrats are taught to speak. 
It has several quasi-British elements, such as a lack of roticity. Now, this means that mid-Atlantic speakers drop their R's at the ends of words like winner or clear. <laughs> They'll also use softer British vowels, dance, instead of dance, for instance. Another thing that stands out is the emphasis on clipped, sharp T's. Now, in American English, we often pronounce the T in words like writer and, and water as D's. But transatlantic speakers will hit that T like it stole something. Writer. Water. But again, this speech pattern isn't completely British. So there you go. That's that's from his girl Friday in nineteen forty. So there you go. Okay. Uh next call. Yeah, it lasted forever. All right, we got one more before we gotta hit a break here. Uh Oh, we actually, we do. Yeah, we got to hit a break, actually, Zabe. So, okay, got to hit a break. Anyway, we'll pour one out for ESPN Classic. We'll do that. We will pour one out for ESPN Classic, and we'll talk to Brian Baldinger at 12.30. Coming up, Nick Ashew and Steve Zabin in for B. Mitch and Finley. I'm Craig Heiss, bet on sports and cash with Gambit DC, the district sports book. Odell Beckham Jr.'s days in Cleveland are about to come to an end. The Browns are working on a deal with his representatives to be able to release the wideout this afternoon. Browns GM Andrew Barry said it's in the club's best interest that Beckham not play for the Browns any longer this year. Week nine got underway last night. Colts beat the Jets 45 to 30 on Thursday night football. College football tonight, Virginia Tech on the road at B. 7.30 kickoff from Chestnut Hill. Coverage here on the fans starts at 6 o'clock. Capitals lost to the Panthers 5-4 in overtime last night. Alex Ovechkin with another goal, his 10th of the year in a losing call a cause. And the Wizards back home tonight at Cap 1 to take on the Grizzlies. They'll tip at 7 o'clock and you can hear that on the Team 980. D.C. in-person sports betting is coming to your favorite restaurants around the district. That's right. Bet on sports and cash with Gambit D.C., the district sports book. Find out where at www.gambitdc.com. They remind you to play responsibly. You have to be 16 or 18 or older to bet. Uh, restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Dial 800-522-4700. I'm Craig Heist on The Fan. Nick Ashew and Steve Zabin in for... Beamich and Finley. It's a football Friday on Beamich and Finley, presented by Alarm.com, keeping you connected to what matters most. Brian Baldinger is going to join us in a second. Get back to some NFL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I've had people, Zabe, sending me videos and pictures of snouted cobras because of what you brought up before. Oh. I, I oh want to thank you for that because now I can't get a picture of that thing out of my head. So that's what's going on with Nightmare me. Nightmare fuel. Yeah, it is. I, I probably need to look one up. I'm going to look it up right now myself. Snouted Cobra. I mean, how bad can it be? Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. Imagine that thing coming out through your toilet. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not a good thing. No, no, it's not, not at all. Thing. So uh, we'll get into the Odell Beckham Jr. situation in a minute with Brian Baldinger because it looks like we're down to the point now where this is like you kind of knew for what? I don't know. The last few days, really the last few weeks, but really the last couple of days that this was. This was going to end. It was going to be one of those relationships that was it was going to come to an end. And we actually have now. Brian Baldinger, who is Odyssey's NFL insider. Insider calls are sponsored by Rocket Mortgage 2021 Pro Football Pick'em. Turn your football picks into $10,000. Enter now by texting PICKS to 20357. That's PICKS to 20357. You can also hear Brian with Jason Lock and Fora on Baldy's Breakdowns with new episodes every week. Just search Baldy on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. And let's start with this. Uh... The news, it goes from Aaron Rodgers being the big story in the NFL to now Odell Beckham Jr. all but out in Cleveland. I guess they're sort of working out the final details, but we all know this is done. What went wrong with this situation, big picture, and where do you see him ending up now? Well, I mean, the injury last year, you know, at the beginning of the season, I mean, it got hurt in the fourth game of the season. Uh, You know, so now you're trying to come back from an ACL, so... He was going to be a big part of the offense. He was early on, reverses for touchdowns. I mean, Stefanski really was using him. And so, you know, he came back this year. He didn't have any offseason, all right? And uh, he didn't play the first game against the Chiefs. I don't think he played the second game. And then he got hurt again when he was out there, bad ankle, and he had some drops, you know. And you look up, and, you know, he's got 17 catches and no touchdowns. I mean, he's just not productive. Now, you could say, okay, well, Baker doesn't throw to him. Well, he does throw to him. He's dropped some balls too now. I mean, he, you know, he's 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 gullible. I'm not gullible. He's culpable here in some of this. But that's that's a big part of it. He hadn't been on the field a whole lot. I mean, he's played, um, you know, basically uh, a little over half of the snaps so far this season. Zabe, uh, you want to go there? Did we lose Zabe? Oh, sorry, missed you there. No, I'm I'm here on you. That so like. Would there be any reason why Baker Mayfield would not look to get Odell Beckham Jr. going? Well, he's one of them. I mean, you know, look, people say that kind of stuff. I mean, the the coverage dictates where to go with the ball. I mean, nobody's getting the ball from their wide receivers. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones leads them 
with two touchdown catches at the wide receiver position, and one of them was a Hail Mary. So, like, Jarvis Landry doesn't have a touchdown catch, you know, but the tight ends have a bunch and the running backs have a bunch of catches. I mean, that's kind of like they, they can't get the ball down the field. And it, it's, it's not just Odell Beckham. So, uh, you know, I mean, at some point, uh, receivers, if they're not getting the ball outside of, you know, a couple, couple guys, I mean, they all kind of start whining. I mean, Deshaun Jackson did in Los Angeles, and, you know, they all want the ball. And so uh, some guys just can't stay quiet about it. And if it disrupts the team, then you have to make a decision. Yeah. How much do you think Von Miller can help the Rams? Oh, I think he can help them a great deal. I mean, he still has really good movement, elite movement. And, you know, I can just see, you know, this weekend, they play Tennessee this weekend on Sunday night, and I can just see that first defensive huddle. And he's going to be in there with, you know, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Floyd. He's, he's just going to look at these guys and smile and go, let's go do this. Let, let's let's go. I mean, they're there to win it right now. And they're a star-built team. You know, you got Stafford and Cup on offense and Jalen and – Aaron Donald and now Vaughn and, and Leonard Floyd. I mean, you, it's a star-built team. The head coach is the biggest star. And when their stars play good, they usually win their games. Talking to Brian Baldinger. Uh, so the Aaron Rodgers situation continues to, I, I guess we could say, unfold. It's like now everybody's kind of parsing through his words as to whether or not he was saying he was vaccinated or wasn't. The reality of it is this is the world we live in where this is part of sports. Yep. We're talking about vaccinations and COVID. Whether we like it or not, I when you kind of just look at this big picture in this situation, does it seem like to you Green Bay dropped the ball? Is this more on Aaron Rodgers? Is this something that could be a bigger issue with the NFL? Could they drop you know a fine on him? I, I feel like a suspension might be too much, but this kind of feels like uncharted territory to me where we are with this story. Well, I think I think you're right, and like I talked to a bunch of players before the season, and it was it, it's really clear. Like I know guys that did not want to get vaccinated. But at the same time, they didn't want to get tested every day either. And then if they did get COVID, they didn't want to have to sit out, you know, for a 10-day quarantine and miss games and miss time. And so, I mean, just things like going to the cafeteria and eat, you couldn't do that. You know, and so players are like, you know what, I don't want to get vaccinated, but I don't want to have to go through all this other stuff every single day, you know. And so I don't want to do that. So I'll get vaccinated. And it was sort of – the decision a lot of guys ended up making. Some didn't, obviously. Uh, we know some names. Um, but if you're in that camp that said, I'm not getting vaccinated, this is kind of what you're up against. And so there's a certain protocol that the league put in place, and the protocol was good last year. We got to play every game. Nobody missed any games last year. And certainly, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't have the vaccine like we have now. So uh, kudos to the NFL. And so they – they, they've been strict about how things operate. And if you don't want to operate under their rules, uh, like you said, it's uncharted territories. I don't, I don't know what they do now. And we get to see a chance to see Jordan Love on Sunday now. It's a, yep. I, look, an opportunity for Green Bay to see the future. He was supposed to be their future. This is clearly somebody that you saw with that being the case. Whatever, we don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. But if we look at Sunday now, uh, what do you see happening in terms of a performance for Jordan Love and really how they use him? Like, do you, Could the Green Bay Packers put him more of in a position where it's let's make sure you're in a spot to succeed, not throw the ball downfield too much, whatever it is? Or do you think they're going to say, let's just go all out and really see what you can do because we may need you next year? Well, I mean, I think they're going to play to win the game. You know, I mean, they've overcome the loss of receivers yeah. this year. They, they basically had an all-rookie offensive line for about a month. 
they lost both cornerbacks. They've lost both starting outside linebackers. I mean, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers just kind of kept them on track in the, you know, the seven-game win streak. But this is a great opportunity for, for Jordan Love. He's had 18 months to apprentice under Aaron Rodgers. That's a pretty long time. He's had two off-seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played this preseason. He played mop-up duty in week one against uh, New Orleans. So, you know, you, you can only, you already see that some of the things that Aaron Rodgers does, like, you wouldn't, you would expect him to kind of copy. If you, if the guy jumps in the neutral zone, he's taking a shot down the field. If they got 12 guys on the field, he sees it, like he's making a play. Um, you can see some of that stuff. His play action passes are pretty crisp, the ones that he's thrown so far this, you know, to this, I don't think they're going to try to hide him. I think they're going to try to win the game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers does things that, only he can do, and it's beyond the X's and O's. But I think, you know, uh, Matt LaFleur is the play caller and Nathaniel Hackett's the offensive coordinator. I mean, I think these guys are going to call the game, and they might lean on the run game a little bit more. They've done that before with uh, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. That would be a smart move. So, uh, you know, I think they're going to let them play football, you know, and, and whatever happens, happens. Let's talk Mahomes, Baldy. I have – Guy on the couch, half-assed theories as to what's wrong this year. I want the baldy breakdown as to what you think is wrong with him being a much lesser player than he has been the last two years. Well, I don't don't think he trusts his protection very much. And to a large degree, I mean, Orlando Brown has not been great at left tackle. He's a completely different offense than he was in Baltimore. Uh, Mike Remmers has played now Cornelius Lucas or Lucas Niang went in there last week, but they had a backup tackle and a right tackle. I don't think he trusted him very much. And so he, he was drifting and taking off. And when he does, um, a lot of teams are just making him hold it. Uh, you know, last week the Giants just rushed three, and they dropped eight in the coverage, and they spied him. And the longer he held it, the more frustrated he looked. And they can't get the ball down the field. And you saw the opening drive against the Giants. They dinked and dunked their way down the field. And, you know, that's good until, you know, he threw an interception in the end zone. And not all these interceptions are his fault. Some of them are tip balls and drop passes and all that stuff, but it all falls on the quarterback. The bottom line is they can't get the ball. They can't get the big plays right now in offense. And mm-hmm. I think really what they do best right now is they've got a couple young offensive linemen, Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey. They're really good run blockers. I mean, they just take your head off. And I just think they should – it's not an Andy Reid thing, but I think they should become more of a power running team. I, I think that would benefit them right now. Is there any element, possibly, of Mahomes getting a little bit high on his media accolades and being too reckless with the ball? No, because he was always reckless with the ball. He always took chances. He threw the ball into crowds, and he, you know, fourth and fifteen in the Super Bowl game, he threw the ball up. Um, you know, he's he's that's the way he has played, and so I don't think that's going to change. Now you can say, okay, the no look passes look fun, and it's kind of cute when it works. But, you know, week three against the Chargers, he tried that, and it skipped right off the tight end's hands and was intercepted. And that might have been the difference in a game. And so you go, okay, that's fun, and we like it. We, we show it and talk about it. But do you really need to do that? Can you, can you just make the throw? Because not everybody can, you know, can catch a Magic Johnson no-look pass, you know? And so, you know, maybe you should just, um, you know, treat some of these guys like, you know, young players like Marcus Felton was before he dropped that pass. So I, I, I don't believe he, it's press clippings or too high on himself or anything else like that. Talking to Brian Baldinger, Baldinger uh, 
so the Jets say that they expect Mike White to be ready to go next week for them. We barely got a chance to see him last night, which is unfortunate because Mike White mania has swept the country over the last few days. What did you see from him that could tell you maybe that he could be a legit starting quarterback, if at all, in the NFL? And is there any chance, any chance that the Jets would actually look at him and say, Zach Wilson may not be our guy after all, and, and White is our, our quarterback long term? No. No, but, but, you know, most teams need two quarterbacks. And so Mike White could, you know, very easily, you know, slide into that backup role. He's thrown four interceptions, you know, in, in, uh, in less than two games. So it's not like he's been flawless. Now, not all of them are his fault, but, you know, he does see the field really well. And he does go through progressions very quickly and he makes good, quick decisions. And so, you know, and you got to remember now, you know, he was drafted in the fifth round in 2018. So he has watched a lot of football from the sideline. And, you know, we always say, well, we, these guys should sit for a while. And sometimes, you know, if you're, if you're sitting and you're just watching and you're making these mental notes, when you get your chance, you know, you're a little bit more prepared, not quite as jittery. And, you know, you kind of feel a little bit more relaxed. You've had a lot of practice reps and, you know, scout team reps and stuff. And, you know, that's four years of that, you know. And then you get your opportunity and you're like, okay, Cincinnati's going to play his own. I'll just – I'll throw it to Michael Carter, and I'll throw it to Jamison Crowder. And I'll just take the underneath stuff and let those guys go make some plays. And next thing you look up, he's got 400 yards of passing. But he made good decisions with the ball, and he did until he got hurt last night. I mean, the touchdown throw to Elijah Moore was a good throw. Um, but if you if you got numbness in your hand, you can't feel the ball. It's hard to throw it. All right, Baldy, i got to ask you this. I love your breakdowns, but they're very organic. It's just you – pointing your phone at the screen, walking us through plays. Do you do that on purpose? Has anyone ever said, hey, Brian, we could clean this up. We could get you a nice, clean feed and some fancy software. And did you just say, nah, this is good enough? Well, I do all that stuff, too. I mean, I do do that, but it takes time to put these graphics in, send them to the NFL, right, right. and let them, you know, I, I just like it raw. You know, like just like you're in the film room. Like I, I, I mean, all that stuff is out there, but it does it's time consuming. I mean, I just broke yeah. down the game from last night. I probably put twelve videos up there. If I try to make it real pretty and nice, I probably would have gotten three done. So take too long. Um, I, yeah. I, I can't get the volume that I want to do, but I like it raw. I just like it the way it is. And if my if my hand is shaking or it's a little out of focus, then you just have to deal with it. That's all. <laughs> I, I like that. Don't change. Like, that's no, I'm not changing. one of I'm my not. favorite I mean, I, staples. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I know all this. I've been to all those, you know, those electronic shows and seen all the software. I know what's out there. I have some of it on my machine. I actually know how to do it. But, like, honestly, it's just too, too time-consuming. Yeah, sometimes you just get in and do the stuff that people care about. Who cares how it looks in the end? It's the content that matters, and it's good stuff. So, I, Baldy, I, I yeah. get your breakdowns. Yeah, I that, understand what you're talking about. It's about exactly. learning, Zabe. It's about learning. That's yes, what matters. It is. Baldy, yes, appreciate it you is. coming on, man. Thanks for the time. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for watching, and appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, and that was Thanks Odyssey so NFL well. insider Brian Baldinger. Insider calls are sponsored by the Rocket Mortgage 2021 Pro Football Pick'em. Turn your football picks into $10,000. Enter now by texting PICKS to 20357. That's PICKS to 20357. You can also hear Brian and Jason Locken for on Baldy's Breakdowns, as you just heard, with new episodes out every week. Just search Baldy on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Uh, the NFL slate has plenty of other games that don't involve Aaron Rodgers or Odell Beckham Jr. We'll get into those. Plus, we're going to talk to Chase Hughes at 1.30 as well. Steve Zabin, Nick Ashew, in for Beamich and Finley on the fan.
It's a football Friday on the Mitch and Finley, presented by Alarm.com, keeping you connected to what matters most. Nick Ashew, Steve Zabin, in for B. Mitch and Finley. I'll tell you what, Zabe, I am... I'm going to be glued to my TV watching Jordan Love and what he does for Green Bay. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to see because there's just it's so much more than just, hey, this guy's supposed to be Aaron Rodgers' his successor. There, there's all these other storylines with it now with Rodgers being upset and whether or not he's ready or not. to like All of those things, this is now an opportunity to really see whether or not this guy has a shot. Now, I know it's not totally fair. It's one game, but the reality of it is he's going to be judged by one game against Kansas City and whether or not he looks ready to start in the NFL. Yeah, November 2007, uh, Aaron Rodgers came in the game for Brett Favre, who had injured his shoulder against the Cowboys in Dallas, as both the Cowboys and the Packers were en route to 13-3 and seasons. And he did all right, 200 yards in relief, touchdown, no picks, kind of ran around, scrambled. You're like, okay, after sitting behind Favre for so long, this guy looks like he can play. And it was assumed in the last season – for Favre in Green Bay, which it turned out to be. Of course, the Cowboys ended up losing that game, losing the playoff game at home to the Giants because Romo went to Cabo during the bye week <laughs> of that. their playoff bye week. And so they came back. They got stunned by a Giants team that was a wild card. Then the Packers got stunned by the same Giants team in overtime in minus a million degrees temperature with Tom Coughlin's face turning a glistening red frostbite and Favre throwing a pick in in overtime that was the game loser and that was that Rodgers took over the next year Favre retired for a year then became a jet and the rest is history there are parallels Nick with what is perceived to be maybe the last year of Rodgers in Green Bay but man, if I'm if I'm the Packers, I'd be very careful on getting drunk on one result. If Love plays well or better than well, be very careful on getting drunk on one result. It is we'll it is very tempting for them to to certainly look at it if he plays well and think, "Up, oh, we got it all set." But let's be honest with them. Uh, it's very hard to find a franchise quarterback and I think that oh. organization and that fan base is very spoiled because they went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Meanwhile, in D.C., we're going decades and decades yeah. trying to find someone that just could be a consistent starter. So I can tell you them, I can say, uh, be careful what you wish for because it may not be as good as you thought it would be. But, you know, I, you, you obviously sort of have the pulse up there and that, that fan base as well. I get the vibe from what I've done in the national show that I do for CBS Sports Radio and some of the Packer fans that will tweet me and stuff, where some of them are a little bit sick of Aaron Rodgers. That oh, there's yeah. sort of a, he's kind of a prima donna now, and we're getting a little tired of his old act. He's too California, too weird, too Hollywood, too into his own thing, too R-E-L-A acts at times. Uh, the act has been a, a challenge at times for some of the Packer fans to accept, uh, but I have been constantly reminding them on the air don't think you've got this thing wired that all you do is you just draft another quarterback, <laughs> let him soak for two years, and then plug him in, and he's great. I liken what happened from Favre to Rodgers as hitting the lottery. Don't assume you're going to do it a second time just because you did it once. It was an inside straight. You hit it. Good for you. We don't know if Love can play or not. He, yeah. could, he could be a dry hole, so I would say temper your expectations. Elsewhere around the league, Saints and Falcons, Taysom Hill was upgraded to full participant yesterday. I guess he's going to start on Sunday. 
Saints are a 5-2 and two team that could go either way right now at their quarterback situation. Right now, the seventh seed in the NFC, Nick, is a 4-4 four and four Carolina Panther team that's going to start, let me check my notes here on this, quarterback uh, P.J. Walker. P.J. <laughs> Walker against New England. So New Orleans is a real swing team in the NFC because they've got a good record so far. But now they've lost their quarterback. The NFC is stacked, um, stacked yeah. NFC. It, it, and it's obviously really it's, it, it's more at the top. But yeah, you're looking at uh, Green Bay and you're looking at Arizona and the Rams. All these seven and one teams. It's it, 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 every single game is about playoff positioning already at this point. I mean, look at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are six and one right now. They got the Broncos at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Dak Prescott going to be good to go, according to every report that's there. They were smart to sit him out last game. I think that made sense. They still won, so they didn't lose any ground. Because, look, the division's locked up. The Cowboys have the NFC East locked up. It's easy. They could coast the rest of the year, and they're going to win by three or four games. But they're looking at bigger picture. They're looking at one seed, two seed, and dealing with all these other teams, including the NFC West, where you got a bunch of them banging up on each other and beating each other up. So where they're really going to be maybe tacking up a couple of losses to teams that both might be better than the Cowboys. But the reality of it is Dallas has to think about making sure Dak Prescott stays healthy because, man, we know how bad they are when Dak doesn't play. We saw that. But they also have to think about playoff positioning because this is the best position that the Cowboys have been in in years. Yeah, Cowboys minus 10. They're 7-0 and against the number this year uh, against the Denver team that just traded away Von Miller. The Bengals and Browns play in the Battle of Ohio. Bengals are minus 2.5, coming off that bad loss at the Jets. Are the Browns going to play really well now that Odell Beckham is out? Is it a one-game adrenaline rush of thank god this pain in the ass is gone or not i uh, see the thing is though then that means we're putting all of this on odell beckham jr and you haven't heard a lot and look i don't know what's gone on behind the scenes there whether he's been a prima donna behind the scenes and we haven't heard it but it sounds like he's been generally other than his dad tweeting out videos of him being open just to piss yeah. off his quarterback for the most part it doesn't sound like he's been very vocal about at Does least causing Baker a scene Mayfield, with yeah, does Baker Mayfield, who's playing with a bad left shoulder that's stra- strapped up, taped up, and shot up with all kinds of painkillers, which I respect, by the way, Yeah, is he going to play a great game to try to pack it up OBJ's butt? We'll see. It's two-and-a-half-point spread, uh, the Battle of Ohio. I love the toilet bowl this weekend, 1-7 and seven Houston versus 1-7 and seven Miami. <laughs> if you like Miami, it's you got to lay six-and-a-half. Imagine the world of laying six-and-a-half with a one and seven team. Tyrod Taylor is going to play for the Texans. I actually like the Texans to cover there simply because you've got Tyrod Taylor playing. Tyrod Taylor, at, look, the Texans have actually been decent covering the spread this year. I think they're like, I want to say they're like, they've covered it three or four times already this Did year. Did you but. see their backdoor cover last week? Yes. So the line opens 14 and a half. Uh, for uh, the Rams. Mm-hmm. Rams get out to like a huge lead, like 38-7 to seven or something. Then the Texans score 22 unanswered in the fourth quarter. The line had moved from 14.5 to 16.5 when at the last minute, Tyrod Taylor news came down that he wasn't going to start. It was going to be long-necked Davis Mills, who's terrible. And so they end up covering because <laughs> it was 16.5 when it was all said and done. That's a bad beat right there. The Raiders are three-point favorites across country on the road at the Giants in the wake of this horrible vehicular homicide by Henry Ruggs. Any 
interest in betting a game for a team that is trying to regroup after a horrible off-field incident like this? They're regrouping a second time because they just had their coach fired with that whole controversy. I know. So if you're the Raiders, they've done it once, then they would have to do it again. Honestly, uh, it just seems like Derek Carr has got that team listening to him. He's come across mm-hmm. as a leader that cares about everybody on that team. I, I like the Raiders. And that I, I think that doesn't become a distraction. I see that becoming a, a motivation for them because you have Derek Carr sort of as your leader okay. right there. One game adrenaline surge. Uh, the Giants have a bunch of guys in the COVID protocol. Uh, Saquon Barkley's there, even though he probably wouldn't have played anyway because of his foot. Uh, their rookie, Brightwell, at running back. McKinney, uh, their safety's on the COVID list, so they could be very shorthanded. Vikings at the Ravens. Kirk versus Lamar. Ravens are minus six coming off a of bye. Yeah, give me Baltimore to cover in this. I don't think there's any question. Baltimore is the better team here, and I just I like what Lamar Jackson's doing. He deserves more credit and I think more opportunity to at least be considered an MVP once again. We're going to finish up the rest of these games after we hit the break. Plus, Ron Rivera had some strong words for his biggest underachievers, and he was very open about it. Nick Ashew, Steve Zabin, in for Beamich and Finley on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 